Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello and welcome to episode number 22 of For Future Considerations, easily your top 65 favorite podcast uh, that you would be able to find on all of the famous podcast networks. Uh, my name is Matt, of course, joined by Manny and John. Gentlemen, uh, how was your Easter weekend and enjoying a, a little bit of warm weather where, where we both are? I know, this is fantastic, wearing shorts this week you got this, shorts on this is <laughs> this is fantastic Rashad, what's going up up there in markdale yeah it's good up here too 21 degrees room temperature oh, oh that's beautiful it's baseball weather isn't it oh is it ever <laughs> it's great i i love the summer i've always told yeah. i've always tell people you know i i was in owen sound loved owen sound uh, I used to ski, obviously loved the hockey and the junior hockey up there. But once the, you realize that they can still play hockey in Florida and Los Angeles and in Texas, uh, you know, I don't mind the warm weather so much anymore. I don't think I need snow to enjoy hockey yeah. so much. Yeah, absolutely. Rashad, are you like, um, if you were to pick your, your perfect temperature, what what are you looking at as far as like do you like the heat because I'm I'm the same as Manny like I, uh, if you're gonna give me a perfect day somehow it'd never work out but like 15 at night 14 at night something like that but like 88 in the middle of the day okay yeah for me um, I'm not sure what it would be in Fahrenheit but I figure about uh, 25 during the day is about my uh, my perfect temperature okay that's I looked it up. heating up yeah I looked it up Hilo Hawaii one time I just did this for fun average temperature all year round 25 degrees every month of the year oh really my goodness yeah. so 25 is 77, 77 Fahrenheit yeah. yeah so you like get a you like a modest heat you yeah like a right. You know, like a too hot. Day. Yeah, you're not a blazing, no. can't breathe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, it wouldn't I'm, go over well. Here. You'd be drinking Pops Blue Ribbon like it's going out of style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very white too, so I burn easily. So you know, that's well, fair. People. He shows up with the big brimmed hat and uh, <laughs> everything all done up. Look at this, no lines, no lines. Oh man. <laughs> This porcelain skin doesn't keep it stay this way itself. You, you, get, you get burnt on an overcast day, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Didn't that happen on your wedding day? <laughs> yeah, that's what it did. I just I try not to stand too close to the microwave just in case. <laughs> but Jill's got a roast going at four hundred degrees in the in the oven. You're out walking the dog. Just to be safe. <laughs> Well, we have so much to talk about on the show today. We have the start of baseball season, March Madness, which yes. was amazing, NFL trades, the Masters, COVID in the NHL, the trade deadline, just to name a few. Oh Plus, God. we'll play some rapid fire. But first, we want to say a big thank you to everyone who reached out on social media. Yeah, that's there was a lot, too. We had several people email us as well uh, about the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant, greatest sports moment debate. Yeah. And uh, Mike, who asked us the question, he reached out on social media to plead his case, too. And I know you responded to him. Yeah, he did. And he, he made a great point. He named several actual sporting events that were some of the greatest sporting events of all time. And then he threw this one in there and completely blew his entire argument. So, uh, yeah, he's talking about some of the, you know, the great moments that, that we've seen in actual sports and, and not sports entertainment, which is what wrestling is. And I told him, I'm, I'm, I was with you the whole way. And then you brought this one in and it's not that's it's not the same thing. You know, uh, I think, a well, when we characterized it as a sports moment, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the better definition was a great moment in sports entertainment history. Uh, and I think that was fair. And I think a lot of people agreed with you on that point and with Mike, for that matter, that it was a great moment in sports entertainment history. Mm -hmm. 
not necessarily sports. Right. So the St. Louis Cardinals being down to their final strike twice in the 2011 World Series and winning Game 6 and winning Game 7. That's one of the greatest moments in sports history. This it didn't mean anything to me. I don't even like wrestling. But it was sports <laughs> entertainment history. I'll give him that much. But come on, Mike. <laughs> Poor Mike. Our interview with Dave Gross on the OT last week was yeah. getting a lot of love on social media, especially on Instagram. Fans talking about how much they remember Dan Snyder and mm-hmm. all the stories about Brian Kilray and Sean Avery. Yeah, that was great to see. And we've had a bunch of interviews. The The list is, is getting longer and longer. We highly recommend, uh, if you do like uh, the interviews, uh, let us know, of course, and uh, and go back and listen to some of the other interviews that we've had. You know, Luke Boca, uh, Jeff Kurzakis, Andrew Parrott was outstanding. Steve Bell, of course, has been on the show a couple times, and and you never know what we've got planned for the OT this time. Yeah, you never know who will be on next. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Podcast FFC uh, on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, just search for Future Considerations. And you can also email us with your own comments and hot takes and, as we said, some suggestions for Future Considerations at gmail.com is our email address. Yeah, and Christian did that as well, and, uh, and he told us he loves the show, and, and Christian's a good cat. Uh, he said that you know, it seems like we're all having a lot of fun, and the one thing that he did say that I was really glad that he hit on is that he felt like he was part of the group, that he was you know sitting at a table with a bunch of guys that were just talking sports, and, and I think if, if you were to uh, have to write down a description of what we're trying to do is it's exactly that you know we've got the drunk at the end of the bar and we're shot <laughs> we've got me that's just loud and not making any sense and manny's uh, ordering more beers and and we've got one more seat for you so so join us pull up a chair enjoy yourself yeah it, it's as if we were at a bar or a restaurant if you can get in one in ontario and just have a conversation with us because that's what we're trying to do on the show my goal is to be uh, doing this like when we're like the Rolling Stones, where everyone thinks we should have retired years ago, and we're just <laughs> yeah. still loving it. Episode 920. Where, where are we here? And how many times will you have fought amongst each other in that, right? <laughs> yeah. We, we'll have a three-year window where the podcast doesn't exist. Someone will come to us with enough money to bring us all back together again. It won't be anywhere near as good, but we'll do it even longer. I, I think we got the whole thing planned out, Rashad. That's and- right. This is the final reunion tour again. Yeah, this is the last show ever. (laughs) Again. In 2055. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Rashad, are you Mick Jagger in this? Well, I got moves like Jagger. Yes, you do. Ah, there it is. Yes, you do. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) The subway or the mop? (laughs) (laughs) I like the shopping cart, actually. (laughs) Okay, just want to make sure that's those moves like Jagger. All right, well, let's get into the debate, and we'll start with the opening weekend of baseball. It started with Miguel Cabrera hitting a home run for the Tigers in the middle of a snowstorm. One one, sky to right. Deep and gone! Miguel Cabrera's 350th is a Tiger! Second base. He thought it was a double! How about that? On opening day Look at the confetti filled stadium. Confetti. Oh my gosh. The outfielder couldn't Mickey couldn't see it. He slid into second. And uh, did you guys miss baseball? Oh man, did I miss baseball. You know what? That that opening day, um be perfectly honest with you, I was a little teary eyed watching the beginning of opening day because we we weren't there last year at a Tiger game. Uh we're yeah, not gonna we be there that. this year. Uh and you know, it was so nice to see people back in there to hear the not fake ambient noise of of every pitch and you know people clapping along and the random person yelling for the, you know the vendors and things like that it was just it, baseball is such a a background sound sport in that way um, where you don't really hear that in, in other sports and it was it was really nice really nice to hear um, and then Cabby puts one in right field slides into second base as he thinks it's a double doesn't even realize it's a home run because he's <laughs> blasting it through storm. a blizzard. I tell you, it was it was a great opening day. It really was uh, was cool to see. I'm thrilled uh, that baseball's back. I've watched some game, uh, some part of some game every day, and uh, and luckily we've we've got uh, arguably the best team in baseball right now, uh, just across the river from yeah, us, the, the Detroit, Detroit Tigers, Tigers yeah. at three and two at the time of the recording here. <laughs> 
I didn't realize how much I missed baseball mm. uh, for this first weekend. I was I was really glued to watching baseball and watching social media and the stories and the highlights about baseball as well. No word of a lie, that day, that opening day, I had to work on site um, at the job at the Cordillera International Bridge. And I was at the bridge site, which is right along the Detroit River. Mm -hmm. And it's snowing. And I'm going, oh my, and it's freezing. Yeah. It's not only snowing, it is freezing yeah. cold outside. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm glad I'm not Comerica for opening day. So, and then I hop in the car to get warm, turn on the baseball game yep. right when Cabrera hits oh, a home yeah. run. And it changed me completely. Yep. Oh, I wish I was there. Yep. I wish I was there. One of our good friends, Adam Hooper, who we'll have on the show at some time, uh, who we're just going to ask, hey, what do you think of the Tigers? And he'll, he'll 90, go off for 97 minutes. minutes later, we'll be able to ask him what he thinks of Bryce Harper. And that's going to be another, <laughs> another 45. But anyway, um, Adam, Adam Hooper and I were texting back and forth huge Tiger fan and, and actually uh, Adam and I became friends uh, working at the radio station I used to work at from our connection of, of liking the Tigers and you know all day we're like man like you know we're looking at uh, good thing we don't have to spend a hundred dollars to get into games anymore and all that stuff and, and throughout the day um, him and I are just messaging each other back and forth we're like man you know I, I'd pay a hundred bucks to be there right now I'd pay sure. two hundred bucks you just you tell me like Cavi hits the home run and I was uh, I was done for it was a great day. The infatuation with baseball, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's what it is. It's back. And, and we weren't the only fans. In Los Angeles, the Angels putting the garbage cans on the field. Yep. Real garbage cans. Yep. Inflatable garbage cans when the Astros were in town. I had to laugh. Yeah. I know Dusty Baker didn't like it so much, nope. the Astros manager. But seeing that, I had to laugh. Somebody, I forget, it must have been the Angels too as well then, because that would have been the weekend series, uh, was playing Carrie Underwood's uh, Before He Cheats, uh, or <laughs> Next Time Before He Cheats, or whatever the name of the song is, while they were announcing the, uh, the lineup. Uh, and I was looking at the baseball schedule coming up uh, just to see when uh, what some of these games look like as far as times and stuff, because I know there's a lot of afternoon baseball at the beginning of the year. Next week, next Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know if it's a four-game series or not. Tigers are in Houston. A.J. Hinch's first game back in Ooh. Houston after getting fired and suspended and all of that. It's going to be great story. Yeah, I, I got bad news for my, I messaged my girlfriend already today. Ooh, you're, gonna, you're not going to like plans on Monday, man. <laughs> I'll make you a nice dinner, but about eight o'clock, we turn it on to see Akil Badu. And it wasn't all rainbows for the start of the season, though. The Washington Nationals, we have to talk about them and their first four games being postponed. Uh, what's the over/under on games missed due to COVID nineteen? It's high. I'll take the over, whatever you say, because the NHL is, has canceled or postponed. the NHL's at fifty, right? Fifty. Is that what it is? Uh, like a, it's, it's around 50, It's got to right? be around that for sure. And like baseball, you know, you, you play three games a week in, uh, in the NHL at this point. Baseball, you're playing five, sometimes six days a week. Like it's going to be 200, 300. Like is that, is that ridiculous? That seems ridiculous to me. Like 200, 200 postponed games. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying, like, if you are, you know, the Washington Nationals have not, we're five games into the year. They're already postponed four games. Right. I you know whether they make those up or not, or they do these double headers, these two day, seven inning double headers. I mean, if we're already at four and we haven't even rounded the first week, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I can see that because if you think about percentage-wise, right? Yeah, there's forty-eight. The there's almost forty-nine hundred baseball games in a season. Yeah, in a regular season, right? Yeah. So what's what did you say? 200? I said two, three hundred. I don't think that's crazy. At least rescheduled. So let's say two fifty. Rashad, are you good at math? No. So that's <laughs> two fifty. Out of 4,900 is like 20%. Okay, so that's that's probably on the high end then. But I don't think it's going to be that far off, ultimately. I mean, they might, hopefully they get a break in the summer. Um, but obviously this virus has shown that it doesn't, nothing matters with it 
at all anywhere. Um, you get forty thousand people showing up in Texas, and you know who, who knows what comes of that in a couple of weeks. I just I just take it as like you know you're postponing a couple of games, and, and Rashad, you would know this better than ever, anybody being a Vancouver Canucks fan. I mean, they've already postponed next week basically. So if you're thinking it's a baseball team, and you know you get one case, and it turns into 10 cases and it turns into 15 cases they're probably not playing for two weeks i initially wrote down 140 okay so are we talking let's go over under i'm going over 140 okay and i'll go under i'll go under 140 rashad uh i'm gonna go under actually Oh, you guys okay. are crazy. <laughs> what are you? What? what is, come I on. don't think it'll be much under, but uh, I think baseball. Um, I think they'll have things under control here. They're, just, I just thought because of the way the vaccinations are going in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that I that I'm thinking that this won't be a continuous. I hope so. Issue. Yeah, I hope so. Forward. Yeah, that did look a little strange uh, against the Blue Jays on Monday with that packed crowd. Like even when I in see Texas. Old, yeah, even when yeah. I see an old uh, TV show right now and there's a big group of people, I'm like, why aren't they wearing masks? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, capacity crowd, masks optional, the whole thing. And, and you know what? To me, I was looking at the comments afterwards, and of course, that's that's where you can you can go down uh, uh, quite the. Uh, the, the wormhole. Um, everybody is, you know, if you're if you're scared of it, stay home. Or good for them. Or you know, like things like that. Like you know, who cares? Looks like a great time. I really do wish I thought like that. Like I really wish I could have been like, you know what? Well, let's go to the let's go to the Texas game tonight. Let's you know, it'll be nice to get out and be you know, we'll go out a bunch of buddies. We'll go out before have a, a good time. I just uh, I think everybody's you know around here is is just. The, the mindset is is stuck now like that was that was quite anxiety watching that many people in one building just high-fiving strangers next to each other and it was it was weird it was really strange it did give me anxiety yeah. that's a great word for it i felt it was weird to see yet they're they're the only team at 100 percent capacity i think Colorado's at 43%, mm-hmm. Houston's at 50%. Even that would be weird to me. Uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, he said he wants fans in the stands by midsummer. Mm-hmm. That's July. That's I, I don't know no. if I can see that. Well, the NFL has uh, said it as well, not yes. to, to change topics. They expect everybody to just be operating like it's you know 2018 uh, when, when their season rolls around. So. I mean, I, I think we're we're all on the same page here. You know, outside of even the three of us, I think everybody would love that because that would mean that we're back to the normal. corner and everything's yeah. kind of you know. But I, I I I can't imagine being there yet. And um, it seems like all of sports either borders on COVID or politics these days. Uh, Major League Baseball took the All-Star game away from Atlanta after the state of Georgia recently passed some voting laws that uh, placed a lot of new restrictions on people in voting. And now the game's going to be uh, played at Coors Field in Colorado. The Braves released a statement saying this decision is disappointing. What do you guys think of this move? I think it's the right move. I think um, if everyone is saying... Or the majority of people, I should say, not everyone. The majority of people are saying uh, the new voting laws in Georgia uh, are not fair and may lead to voter suppression. Like we're talking about um, one of the laws I was reading up is it's against the law to give people water in line. Right. On a hot day, because it is Georgia. Right. It's going to be hot. You cannot give food or water to people standing in line like that just seems ridiculous to me and as as someone who has always grown up uh, in a family that encourages people to vote and to get out and vote this just seems backwards to me dave roberts the manager of the la dodgers he has the right to manage one of the all-star teams this year, he was having doubts if the game stayed in Atlanta. He said he would reconsider mm-hmm. managing. And what about the players? Right. I bet you there would be some players who wouldn't go to the all-star game because of the laws. The Major League Baseball, in my opinion, had to make this move. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say is that they've got to be careful 
because once you get involved in something like this and and you know uh, leagues uh, and teams and players have all spoken out about you know any any number of different political issues and i have no problem with with any of that i think this is a great platform for these people to to do that and i think you know it's it's below uh, any normal person's line of thinking to think that these are just like puppets on a string that they shouldn't have feelings they shouldn't talk they should just go you know shoot a, a basketball or or throw a football but when when you've now relocated something uh you're pulling money out of a community you're you know this the, the protest of the law understandably so you're hurting some of these small businesses some of these hotels that would have had uh, a decent weekend or a decent week or whatever it is for having all-star week there the next one that comes up the next time there's something that people are politically unsure about and it happens to be in a place that you're featuring something now you have this is the benchmark now is that well you moved the all-star game out of georgia why wouldn't you do it for this or are you going to do it just because you did this already i understand that point i i just disagree with that i think it's it, it is on a case-by-case basis. This has to deal with one of the um, greatest institutions in all of democracy, and that is voting. Yeah. Everyone has the right to vote. So whatever that next occurrence is, um, does it infringe on the rights of an American? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that that's what, how the definition is. That's what it comes down to, because if you're if you're. If you're even there's a glimpse of voter suppression, then I think the league has to act, especially in today's political climate. Now, I do understand what you're saying in that Major League Baseball runs a risk. I think they run a risk of people who are on the other side politically who may not go to baseball games anymore. Mm -hmm. Similar to what Donald Trump talked about with basketball ratings are down because all the basketball players um, made political statements. I think there may be some people who won't go to a baseball game now because of their political affiliation. I think that's the only risk that Major League Baseball runs. I think people intend that they're going to boycott and they say they're going to stand up, but when they really want to go see a ball game, because I think about Donald Trump where... Um, not to get too far into politics, but he was talking about uh, don't buy Diet Coke anymore. And then somebody who was in his office snapped a picture on Instagram and you could see he had hidden the bottle of Diet Coke behind his phone and you could see it sticking out. So it's like, we all say, oh, I'm going to stop buying that. But are we really? Are we really? <laughs> Fair enough. Coca-Cola, Delta, also companies that have come out and said that they're they're you know not either going to be pulling that uh, out of uh, um, business or whatever they're, they're planning on doing in protest too but again not to get too political did you see charles barkley's uh comments about u.s politics and how he talks about it's just a a system that's built to put one person against the other and 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 all that i i thought of you know of everybody that's made statements and of everybody that's come out and had opinions and things like that that one to me rang as true as as any of them i'm glad he said something and i'm glad it was well received by the panel that he was on and and i think he's a 100% 100% correct. And, and this is, you know, again, we're talking about baseball pulls out of the All-Star game. Well, that's going to upset this half of people, but it's going to please this half of people. Why, why do we always have to, yeah. why does there have to be two sides of the fence? I find it interesting, too, with Barkley is uh, earlier in his career, he would go and make statements and you go, wow, that's a little out there. But uh, as he's gotten older, he's, he's wise. There's a lot of times where you're like, yeah, Barkley is dead on on that. He's about 50-50. Some of the crap he says is yeah. crap. I think he's getting, I think <laughs> over the last the few other- years, he's evened it out a little bit. I think there was a time, you're right, Rashad, that I think it was 2080. But I think he's trying to starting to uh, meet the meter a little bit in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> and lost in all the shuffle with all of the uh, conversation about uh, the All-Star game, the 10-year, $341 million deal signed by Francisco Lindor with the New York Mets. Smash towards the hole. Backhanded by Lindor. Off balance throw. On the money. He got him. Spectacular play by Francisco Lindor. I know what you're going to say because you said it the last time, but I'm going to say the same thing I said about the Fernando Tatis deal, which this deal is richer Mm -hmm. than the Fernando Tatis Jr. deal. I don't like 10-year deals. Mm -hmm. 
Lindor's already 27. Yes, he's a four-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner. Um, but 10 years is a long time. Mm -hmm. He will be 37 at the end of this deal. And how many productive 37, 36, 35-year-olds do you know in baseball? Shortstops. Not Short just stops. that. Yeah. Shortstops who've already, you know, in, in their career had nothing serious, but have had some some injuries along the way. I, I always and and this is my broken record of you know what else are you going to do? It's a good broken record though. But I'm I'm also actually going to break that trend and say this is a bad deal. Oh, this to me is the new ownership of the New York Mets. Getting wound up, trying to make a getting splash, getting a little excited, yeah. trying to make a splash. Obviously, he was going to be very well uh, sought out in the offseason, and he probably would have gotten this money from somewhere else. Now, the New York Mets, from, from everything they seem to be portraying, at least, outwardly at this point, is they're ready to just open, uh, open the wallet and, and go crazy. And, and you know they're playing against the Yankees in the same city. They play the Dodgers in, in, their, in their league. So they're going to have to if, if, that's, if that's the game plan. I just I, I don't like it for for your reasons. I don't. Uh, to me, it, it was a bit of a knee jerk reaction to do this before he's even really played for the New York Mets. There's nothing to not like about Francisco Lindor. I, I think he's one of the most entertaining, charismatic, fun players there is in baseball. But this one just seems like it, it's the guy jumping out of the cake and like, hey, we're here. It, it's a little it's a little too soon for me. He turned down 10 years, 325, uh -huh. and got 10 years, 341, without even playing a game for the Mets. Right. Like, who else is going to offer him 10 years, 345? I think you could have let him play out his current deal mm -hmm. and then signed him for a similar amount at the end of the season and make him prove it, that he's worth that kind of money. And if not, there are other shortstops coming in on the market. Absolutely. Baez, Story, that I'm talking about here. Uh, Seeger is another one that you could have signed and maybe got a better deal. This reminds this Mets team, because I know you you talk about how what else are you going to do? How are you yeah. going to build around it? This Mets team reminds me of the Tigers teams. Great pitching, great starting pitching. Mm -hmm. Great position players. The bullpen stinks. Yeah. The Mets team is not going to do anything unless it improves its bullpen. And now it's time for our play of the week. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goofball. Unbelievable. Oh my God. It's brought to you by London Awnings. If you need an awning for your home or your patio, visit Dennis and Christina at London Awnings. Quality that shows. And we actually had some really good options for the last week. And a lot of votes for the two huge saves by Cam Talbot of the Minnesota Wild. They were great. But, yeah, they were amazing. But the fans picked that shot that sent Gonzaga to the March Madness final. Juzang. Again with the ball in his hands, in the paint, floater, short, got it back, ties it with three. Gonzaga has time to do something. Sucks for the win. Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! The perfect season remains on go! Are you... Oh, my God! There is... There are onions, Jim, and then there are... Yeah, this week's Play of the Week was picked by you, the fans. We put it on a poll on our Twitter account. Also asked fans on Instagram to chime in. Yeah, that's something we're going to do uh, on a regular basis. Uh, so, again, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram uh, for future considerations on Facebook as well. We're going to be polling you to find out what you thought of the play of the week. We also need a write-in option as well <laughs> because I know a guy that we're number 60 on the Detroit Tigers who homered on the first pitch he saw in the major leagues, hit a walk-off Tuesday afternoon. Had a grand slam. Had a grand slam the game. next day yeah. after the opening night. Unbelievable story. And that my favorite part of all of that may have been the interview that they did um, with his family um, after he had hit the home run. And, and most 
you know, parents are getting choked up and emotional about what just happened. And the, the mom's comment was after they celebrated the home run, she said to, uh, to Akil Badu's dad, now I can go get a pretzel. <laughs> she was so nervous. She couldn't eat or anything like that. He came up. He hit a home run on the first pitch. She says, ah, now I can go get me a pretzel. This woman is starving, <laughs> waiting for a home She's run. She's starving. I hear that. I wait till the Jays are up a couple of runs and I go get a hot dog. You don't come back, though. <laughs> uh, by the way, in March Madness, did either of you have Baylor winning at all? No. No, I had Gonzaga and Houston in the final with Gonzaga winning. So not bad for not knowing what you're talking about. But I, I had Illinois beating Baylor. So okay. the fact that Illinois didn't make it on that side and I had Gonzaga winning uh, beating Illinois so okay it didn't and then the out. women's final was actually a lot more interesting Stanford beat Arizona 54-53 mm-hmm. yeah. and Stanford also advanced to the final with a one point win uh, what will this March Madness tournament be remembered for uh, for me, you know, the Gonzaga shot, I think, will will be what it, it all comes down to. Um, for me, there's there's two takeaways. Um, all the upsets and all of that that we had talked about in the first round, I thought that was outstanding. I thought every game was worth watching for the most part. The fact that there was no Duke, no Kentucky, Michigan State lost in the play-in game, UConn lost early, North Carolina lost early, still a very entertaining uh, tournament without the biggest guns of college basketball, and UCLA. UCLA has to to win an overtime in the play-in game against Michigan State to even get into the tournament. They beat a 6, a 14, a 2, a number 1 Michigan, and lose an overtime on a wild shot against Gonzaga. Very easily could have been in that national championship game. And we always talk about, you know, March Madness is a great tournament. You know, March Madness is the best tournament. I don't I don't think there's there's anything else. For, for that window of time and the Cinderella stories and all of the new players that come up that become household names for a, a couple of weeks, that to me is the is the ultimate sports tournament, and I think this year was a great example. And it's a month long, which is great for sports fans. Mm. I, I totally agree. The upsets, fifteen in total, setting the new mark, beating the old record of thirteen. Schools like Abilene Christian and Oral Roberts winning. That's fantastic. Your alma mater, Rashad. Oral yes, Roberts. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the name you used to introduce yourself as when we'd go out in Chicago? <laughs> right yes it was. hi yes it was Earl roberts nice to meet you only one game was canceled due to covid only one team had mm-hmm. to disqualify itself uh i think the upsets uh the fact that they played this tournament amid a pandemic yeah and that the women's game got some play it sure did um especially because of what was brought to light by that one player on social media uh i think that's what this tournament will be remembered for this year and then speaking of covid my Vancouver Canucks are in the middle of a COVID-19 outbreak. 18 of the 22 players on the roster are on the list, and we know this is going to affect the entire North Division schedule. But how do we think this will impact the Canucks approaching the trade deadline? Well, I, I think it impacts them immensely. I, they were trying to – You, it's your team, Rashad. Weren't you guys trying to trade Sutter? Yeah, yeah. Not, I don't think he's I getting traded. No, no. And then um, the team is actually going to be isolating, I think, till at least Sunday, they said. So you lose another week here. Yeah, and those are going to be tough games to make up for those teams that you'll be playing against. Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing with the NHL trade deadline is the change from the seven, from the fourteen to seven days, as far as uh, of uh, quarantine. isolation, quarantine, when they make the trade. If you are training, you know, across country like that, um, and, and Vancouver, I would have expected would have been fairly active. Um, I know everybody's waiting for for Kyle Dubas to step up in Toronto and, and find somebody. Um, you know, Winnipeg could have been a team that uh, that makes some moves as well so i think that's a bigger factor in this um but to me it it, it becomes again more intriguing we talked about montreal um and all those games that they had to reschedule and how tough their schedule is going to be at the end now you've got vancouver in the mix too and, and that's just going to tighten things up as we go along yeah vancouver has 12 guys signed next year and $30 million left in cap space. They needed to move some salary, mm-hmm. and now they won't. I think this is terrible for the organization. I feel, then, even, I feel even worse for the players, though. Yeah. Like, this Brazilian variant is terrible and kicking their butts. 
So I hope everyone gets healthy and gets over with. But from an organization standpoint, John, I don't know how they're going to manage this cap. And then even to fill the roster for the time being, too, um, I was looking at it. The Utica Comets, that's their AHL team, um, they've been dealing with a COVID crisis of their own. Oh, oh no. That's so, terrible. <laughs> so they're just coming out of their own shutdown, and uh, they can't send anybody up to the Canucks. And uh, then there's the seven-day quarantine. So yeah. it is a real mess for the Vancouver Canucks right now. Interestingly enough, Rashad, do you think somehow, some way, uh, when this season is all said and done, and maybe it's not directly, maybe it's part of the the picture, um, does this save or does this impact at all Jim Benning and Travis Green's employment with the team? I think it gives them a little bit more time. I really do. I think... um I don't, I don't think in good conscience you can um, get rid of people after such a strange uh, COVID-ravaged season. I think they get another several months into the following season. Hmm. I, I think Benning's in hot water. Don't yep. know about Travis Green, but Benning for sure. Speaking of the NHL deadline, which NHL teams do you want to see make a move before the deadline on uh, April 12th? So I had two teams on, on my list, uh, and they're teams that are are in the picture. It's it's a good chance if they can get somebody, if they've got some capital. And, and I don't know the picture between all of the, uh, the teams and what draft picks they have available and, and things like that. But for me, it's the Florida Panthers. After losing Aaron Ekblad, um, I feel like they have been all right. Since losing him, I think they should show some um, support in the locker room by by adding instead of just staying pat. Uh, I said on this podcast before, I don't think they win a playoff series without Aaron Ekblad. Uh, I don't think there's a defenseman out there that's worth giving up what he'd probably be worth to get an Eric Aaron Ekblad-ish player but I do think that would be you know something that that the team would rally around is that they're adding they're trying to make a move and they're they're trying to make a run at it uh, and the other team for me is the the Edmonton Oilers um, I think they're just on the outside again four teams get in they'd be the third team if they were in right now they'd play Winnipeg in the first round for a lot of these teams and, and Edmonton is one of them for a team that's been craving some sort of playoff success in a there's four teams in each division that that you got a 25% chance to get out of that division and go into the next round. If you've got the capital and you can make the move and you've got the players around it offensively, uh, Mike Smith may or may not hold down the fort the way he has all year, but it's it's going to be up to um, uh, to, to see if they're, they can add a piece at, at some point and, and try to make a push. See, I thought about the Oilers because they have McDavid and they have Drysaddle. You don't want to waste their prime. For right? sure. But they have no cap. Mm-hmm. So it's players going out to fill. And I don't know if that makes them better. If you have to acquire somebody like a Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. a reunion in Edmonton, uh-huh. let's say, of Taylor Hall, you got to move $8 million yeah. out, and that hurts your depth. Like maybe Taylor Hall goes to the Leafs and plays with Marner and, and Matthews because I think the Leafs have to make a move. Uh, and I wouldn't mind them adding another top six forward. I think the Jets need to add a D. Mm-hmm. Is it at home from Nashville? Maybe that's the guy Florida should get. Right. As you talked about, as they need to fill Aaron Eckblad's boots. Um, uh, I think Paul Mary needs to go to Carolina. If I'm Carolina, I need to add something to compete with Tampa Bay yeah. because you are playing Tampa Bay somewhere in the playoffs. For sure. Right? And. If Carolina needs, they've got Nedeljkovic now who's playing great. Trade Reimer, mm-hmm. right? Trade Reimer to Colorado who needs a backup, right? And then make some make some space for Palmieri. Uh, Granlin is also out there from Nashville. I know Nashville's on the cusp of a playoff spot, but they're not close. No. They should deal at home. They should deal mm-hmm. Granlin. What's Montreal going to do at the deadline? Nothing. They added Stahl, who got the winner for them on Monday night. Um, I think their additions will be coming from guys coming back who are healthy. Uh, Ben Sherratt's been out for Mm -hmm. six weeks with a broken hand. He's going to come back healthy in time for the playoffs. You added Stahl. You added Cole Caulfield, who you signed Mm -hmm. from NCAA. So he will make your roster. Brendan Gallagher is now hurt, but he will come back in time for the playoffs. So I think those additions in-house will improve Montreal, and you hope the injury to Carey Price is not too serious. 
And then jumping back to the Canucks for a second, they signed Thatcher Demko to a five-year, $25 million deal last week. I like that deal. It puts him, I think, uh, something like 12th among goalies in the NHL. What do you guys think of that deal? It's a great deal for them. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it's a great move. I, I think you've you found your guy. You, you were able to, to hold on to him. I think he's a good young goaltender. I, I don't think you overpaid. And, and like you said, Rashad, I think that's the biggest thing. He's you know he's middle of the pack as far as starting goaltenders and salary. It's as much as it's five years, twenty five. It's still a prove me type deal. Um, so no, I, I think it's a win for you. Five million dollars a year for a number one goaltender. I'll take that every day of the week, twice on Sunday. And now it's time for rapid fire. You guys ready? Yes. Let's go. Are you ready? New York Jets traded Sam Darnold to Carolina for three draft picks. Who do you guys think won that deal? The New York Jets, I think, won this deal because I didn't think they'd get more than a couple of third rounders for him. They got us, it doesn't seem like a lot, a sixth this year, a second and a fourth next year. But I just don't like what Carolina is doing. They have Teddy Bridgewater already under contract mm-hmm. for two more years. He's going to make $18 million this year. Unless they know that they can deal him for something good, like maybe Denver wants Bridgewater, then I'm giving this deal to the Jets. I'm going to give this deal to the Jets, and I'm going to do it because... They did it at a perfect time. The San Francisco 49ers sold the farm to get to number three. You have to expect that the Jets were thinking all along that they were going to draft a quarterback to make this trade. Zach Wilson. So now you've taken the top quarterback that's not Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson. Yeah. From the San Francisco 49ers, who just threw away a bunch of draft picks now. So they're not even going to be getting their guy. I think it's a great move, and I think it was a perfect timing, and I hope it was done that way, in that they tried to wait it out and see if somebody was going to try to jump to three, or if they were getting good offers at two, and then realize, oh, we can still get our guy. We're going to get some picks for Sam Darnold. And the the San Francisco 49ers sold the farm to probably not get their guy. I just don't know what Carolina is doing. Like, if they still suck this year... Mm -hmm. The second rounder is going to be a high second rounder. For sure, it's going to be a 36, 37 yeah. pick. So we talked earlier about full baseball stadiums, and then Matt said the NFL wants to have full stadiums by the time their season starts. Do you guys think that'll happen? The NFL's like a different cat. I, I think they will have full stadiums come September. I'm gonna say I gotta steal back or scale back a little bit. I'll say some or maybe most, but there will be others that are are not. Oh, wait a second. That's just because nobody goes to Lions games anymore. <laughs> They'll probably be... <laughs> I think if you've got the capability of selling tickets and you've got the capability of selling capacity seats in the United States right now to a sporting event, I bet you they'll be scalping them out front and people waiting in line. And Mookie Betts has the number one selling baseball jersey. Do you guys have a favorite jersey? And what's your next jersey purchase? Badu! <laughs> Akil Badu, I've got to get that jersey. Yeah, I know. I was looking at the MLB shop website, and I mean, the guy's only played three games in the major leagues. He's not even available. Do they have t-shirt jerseys either? No, not yet, because what you have to do now is you have to customize it. So you've got to create the jersey of his name instead of just buying the one of his name, because they probably haven't made any yet. Plus, the shipping and all that, like you're spending almost... $80 $80 for an Akil Badu t-shirt jersey. But, What's your favorite jersey? Um, I don't have, you know what, to be, to be honest with you, I don't have a ton of jerseys anymore. Uh, I, I went the route of the t-shirt jersey once they, they started coming out. So my Miguel Cabrera one is by far my most worn one. Um, I don't have, I've got a Darko Milicic jersey Ooh. somewhere somewhere in the basement. Um, I've got a few football jerseys of, of elite quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few Tiger jersey jerseys. Nobody on the back of that one. Um, a Red Wings jersey that had Pavel Datsuk that's got a fair amount of mustard on the front of it now. Nice. Um, so I, I don't have a ton of, of jerseys. I, I think that they're it's an extremely expensive venture yes, they to are. buy jerseys. They but are. 
I've had some great ones that I've loved, like uh, the Bobby Smith Montreal Canadiens jersey yeah, that yeah. I had back in the day. It obviously doesn't fit me anymore. I had an Allen Trammell Tigers Beautiful. jersey. The road uh, gray oh, with yeah, Detroit. Oh, Detroit across it. Yeah. Uh, I love that jersey. It doesn't fit me anymore, but it fits my wife, Shannon. She wears it when we go. Randall Cunningham, Eagles jersey. Beautiful. I think my favorite, though, is my Maglio Ordonez uh-huh. Tigers jersey. Uh-huh. After what he did in 06, sending the Tigers to the World Series. You know, you have spent or uh, had so much beer spilled <laughs> on that jersey in the, the, the times that we've been to Tiger games. Oh, man. That, that one, I'm surprised, is, uh, is still together it's held by threads what about you Rashad I have mostly Canucks jerseys all of the different incarnations and terrible Stan Smeal <laughs> I don't go back quite that far <laughs> I do have a Pavel Bure jersey from about 1993 I think okay and that's the skate with the skate logo yeah that's right oh, and it's, that's white. Sick. it's got, the, it's got yeah. the tan on the back Beautiful. but then the year I bought it the next season he decided to change his number <laughs> so, of course. Yeah, of course he did. And then he announced uh, that didn't work out for him. He was going to change it back. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I got the jersey again. Then they changed the jersey. <laughs> so I got one season out of that jersey. Oh, what a rocket. <laughs> yeah, but I do have uh, I have several Canucks jerseys. And then I have a Team Canada jersey, actually, that uh, some co-workers bought for me as a going away present one time. And I wear That's that That's a good year. one. Yeah, That's I wear that during cool. the World Juniors. It's one of the nicer Team Canada jerseys. That's and then cool. I'm kind of a sucker for the NHL reverse retro jerseys. I kind of like some of those. So I think yeah. I, uh, I think the Canucks one will be my next one. I do actually like the color scheme on that one. Are you going to put Harold Snaps on the back of that one? Or? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you know which one I really like out of those? I have to say, I kind of like the Nordiques one. Oh, the, yeah. Ava- the Avalanche Nordiques? Yeah. Yeah, yeah looks, I really like that. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, they did a great job with that one. I I really like the Montreal Canadiens blue too, but yep. um, they haven't won a lot with them, so <laughs> I don't think they're going to last. <laughs> and uh, Aaron Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy, and he was trolled by one of the contestants. Category for final today is daytime TV personalities. And a clue. Accepting a Lifetime Achievement Emmy, he said, just take 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are. You have 30 seconds. Good luck. Over to our two-day champion on the end. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> that is a great question. Should be, should, be, should be correct. How do you guys think he's doing as host? Have you been watching? I think he's been great. You know, a listener, Rob, posted on our Facebook that he thought the guy in the audio that trolled Rogers was from Tavistock, Ontario. Really? And he's he knows his NFL, apparently. All right. But, uh, uh, I think he's great. He should give up football, get Alex Trebek <laughs> money, and not worry about getting injured ever again. <laughs> No, I, I I think it's been entertaining. I like what Jeopardy's doing. I like how they're yeah. they're they're bridging the gap here and, and just having celebrities come in. And, and I think he's he's fit the role pretty good. And uh, Dustin Johnson hosted the Masters Championship dinner on Tuesday night, and he picked the menu. And uh, check this out: they had pigs in a blanket and lobster and corn fritters, uh, filet mignon, or miso marinated sea bass, and peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream for dessert. Guys, uh, what's your uh, must-have on the menu if you're Beautiful. Hosting? What a great menu. That's a menu. great meal. That's a great menu. That's a great menu. Would you have the filet mignon or the sea bass? I'd go with the filet mignon. So would I. Yeah. I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy. Yeah. So on my menu, I would definitely have steak. Okay. With peach pie from Grandma Lambs. Oh. Um, now you're talking. Yes. I don't know what I'd have for an appetizer, though. I'd have to think about that. What about you? I would go uh, risotto. Oh, nice. Um, Lobster mac and cheese. Oh. The buns from Red Lobster. Yes. yes. (laughs) Same thing. I would go either steak or or like a surf and turf steak and scallops or something like that. Um, Cherry cheesecake for dessert. That's good. 
and uh, and you guys can have Wendy's, whatever, whatever you want. Arby's, yeah, they have all the meats. <laughs> Rashad's just laying it, rolling out a bunch of beef and cheddars. That's right, curly fries too. What would you have, Rashad? Pizza? Uh, uh, I'm kind of. Um, I, I do like filet mignon, but I also like prime rib actually. Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Prime rib yeah. is always good. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I like Italian, so I like lasagna, too. Oh, that's a good that's one. A good Get one. some Italian that's in there. Good. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, cherry cheesecake is definitely my ultimate dessert, for sure. There you go. Actually, your grandmother made the best cherry cheesecake I have yes. ever had. Did she ever? Did oh, she I ever. tell you, it is so good. Uh, she she knew that she knew the ticket. Luckily, she taught my mom, and my mom's just as good. But there was one time when I was actually sitting with my family at my grandmother's dining room table, and my grandmother asked me whose cherry cheesecake was better. <laughs> <laughs> and I, have, oh, and I no answered wins. with a simple rule: the host always wins. <laughs> That's a great way to put you in a corner, yeah. Grandpa. So, as she's cutting it, <laughs> so who is a, a better cherry cheesecake maker? <laughs> and you, the politician, her. answer. Way to go! Oh yeah, absolutely. Shaking hands and kissing babies Matt and eating cherry mayor. cheesecake. Not for mayor. <laughs> and uh, by the way, who's your pick to win the Masters? With that menu, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. He's going to weigh down all the other ones. I like it. He's going to show up and just have a garden salad and mock, <laughs> mock everybody. You know, it's funny. Uh, so we appear on uh, Rogers Gray County, uh, the RTV sports show up there as well. So we did that uh, yesterday. And like, I'm looking at the list and, and I'm like, I, I don't know, 25 to 1. Brooks Kopka. I'll, I'll take Brooks Kopka. Apparently he's on one leg. He's like actually got to like lean back a little bit to hit the ball. Like he's just a, <laughs> it's apparently just a broken man. So I'm not saying Brooks Kopka on this one. <laughs> DJ's a good pick. What are you going to do? I'm in a pool with a bunch of guys. My name is Manny Noonan. <laughs> Instead of Danny Noonan from Caddyshack. But shout out to Caddyshack. What a great film that is. Uh, and you're supposed to pick a, a player in each group. Okay. I got Brooks Kepka okay, in well, one of my groups. Let's go, then, Brooks! <laughs> and that's our show for today. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, <laughs> any of your hot takes, uh, recipes, whatever you got. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us as well on Facebook at For Future Considerations. And if you share a menu with us, we'll post that as well as other great content and videos on our social media feeds too. And you can also email us with your feedback and suggestions and show ideas and your own hot takes if you agree or disagree with us for future considerations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors for the show this week, London Awnings, Quality That Shows. Yeah, and of course, uh, Shane Topolovic at Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition to prepare your body for the next level. Maybe the worst candidate for the master's dinner, because he would just show up with tea and carrot sticks. and uh, Lemon water. And lemon, yeah, and lemon water, and, and for dessert, uh, it would be more carrot sticks. So... <laughs> But we appreciate him being part of the show. <laughs> and we're not done for this week. Uh, no, we are not. We have another episode coming out at the end of the week called The OT. That's right. And this week we are going to be joined by Brock Otten, who scouts, uh, scouts uh, OHL players for McKean's Hockey. He's also got OHL prospects on the go. He's going to join us in the OT. So we look forward to that. Will there be an OHL season? Who knows? Until then, thanks for listening to For Future Consent. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.